music today and we are celebrating the 1981 graduation of uh, Wayne Resnick high school graduation and so this entire week we'll be playing uh, music from the year in which we graduated tomorrow it's Jen and uh, Thursday it's John and Alex together and could you graduate at the same time he graduated 2010 I graduated 2011 and if you look at the list basically same. same thing so. and uh, then on Friday it's me oh and I'm giving my uh, commencement speech on Friday I do this every year. Maybe I didn't do it last year. No, you did. It was actually really good. It was the day I graduated. You gave it. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. And why do I give it? Uh, because no one ever invites me, so I have to invite myself. And so I've accepted my invitation to give a commencement speech. I feel very important. I may give myself an honorary degree from here, too. Haven't decided. An honorary doctorate. What do you think? Okay. Uh, Jim Keeney. Uh, who uh, has a real doctorate, as in uh, a medical degree. Uh, good morning, Jim. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Now, you're a real doctor. As my mother would say, you're a doctor doctor. You're not a dentist doctor. You're a doctor doctor. And my JD, jurisprudent, doctor of jurisprudence, uh, means nothing. You know that, don't you? There's a, I shouldn't even use the word doctor in the title. Yeah, and it's true. I've actually talked to your mother and, and called her doctor, right? Because she's a dentist. She's a dentist. And, she's, and she goes, and she no. corrected me, and she said, no, I'm not a real doctor. You're a real doctor. That is correct. <laughs> and then if you're a specialist, uh, and you're close to it, I mean, being an ER specialist, but uh, when you start reaching into the, uh, the super specialties and the surgery, those are real doctors. Like my son, the neurosurgeon. I mean, it doesn't get better than right. that, does it? All right. Uh, it really doesn't. <laughs> and the fact they don't make a living anymore because of insurance and the Medicare, but that's besides the point. All right. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I, I know. know. So uh, isn't it weird that people actually go into medicine because they want to help people now? It's crazy. I mean, those and those poor suckers who do all that, like, seven years of training to be a neurosurgeon, you know, only to get paid, you know, like, what you know, babysitter pay. It's yeah, great. like, yeah, plumbers. Uh, it's great. You can make a lot more money. All right. So uh, there is a story, uh, and uh, this may be just a weird, just one in a million stories, or this may actually be something that people ought to be concerned with. And that's the 18-year-old that was vaping. And in a matter of just weeks, uh, diagnosed with hypersensitivity pneumonitis. Pneumonitis, there it is. Uh, Wet lung disease. Uh, So uh, is this a weird one or is this something people who vape ought to be concerned about? Okay, well, I mean, on one hand, we don't have a lot of data on, on, you know, things that happen after you vape. So it's interesting to have this case report come out and, and know about it. But we have kind of a saying, you know, especially the simpler doctors in the world, we have a saying that if it's a case report, it means you don't need to know about it because basically it's never happened and it probably never will happen. But, you know, this is a relatively new device. So you wonder, are we going to see more of this, especially as uh, the concentrations and some of the things like nicotine that they're putting in these things go up? You know, the sales uh, of the, uh, and the use is directly correlated to how much nicotine they put in the device. 
So people, the manufacturers realize that and are basically competing for who can put the most in there. All right. With cigarettes, you, you, you know how much nicotine is going to go in it. And so the ones that, uh, that run the gamut yeah. from the, I mean, the least to the most, it's, it's not that big a deal. It's, you're not going to see three, four times the amount of nicotine in a cigarette uh, that you are going to uh, an e-cig, right? Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, while I think cigarettes are manipulated and probably have nicotine added to them, um, no, they're, they're not going to have three, four times like what you can get with vaping. So, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But, I mean, the scary part is when I talk to my – so my, my oldest son is in college now, and when I talk to him about vaping, he's like, yeah, there's some kids that do it, but it's kind of fringy and it's not, you know, the, the majority. Now I have a, a 15-year-old in high school, and I was dropping him off at school today and asked him this, and he's like, Dad – more than 90% of kids have tried vaping at least, but, you know, not everybody does it, but it's really common. Everybody's, you know, has exposure to it. So, I mean, it's, it, then the studies show 900% growth in e-cigarette use from 2011 to 2015. So who knows what it's been from 2015 to now. So uh, are we looking at something that we know is uh, not very healthy or bottom line, not healthy at all? We just don't know the extent yet. And it's uh, we follow the same, uh, the same pattern as cigarettes, that the more we knew, the more dangerous they are. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly the concern because we're taking the the propellant the the liquid part of it so i mean just to to kind of go over what what vaping is right it's a little device uh where you can have liquid in it and then a little heating coil and that heating coil uh then allows the liquid to turn into a vapor that you inhale into your lungs well the liquid is ethylene glycol which is basically antifreeze with a little bit of glycerin in it and then they add flavors sometimes they add nicotine sometimes they add marijuana or you know other drugs so um you know it's just uh, common sense tells you you're inhaling you know, vaporized antifreeze and glycerin, it just doesn't sound good. No, it uh, really doesn't. Although, if you're thinking, uh, let's say vaping without nicotine, then the only issue is, of course, the the antifreeze, if you will. And so, uh, at that point, it can't be that dangerous unless you're doing it for a lifetime, right? You know, again, yeah, whenever you're talking about toxins, exposure and length of time, you know, frequency of exposure, those are all important things to know. So, you know, somebody who vapes once in their life, obviously. Oh, yeah, obviously. Even if this stuff is bad. So I'm just taking the extremes, right? So if somebody vapes once in a while, uh, then then they're not going to have the same exposures if they if they vape their whole yeah. life. And and that's the concern, though, is there are there different populations where it looks okay when you're vaping as a teenager, but then suddenly as you get older, uh, all these things start to hit and you know we'll find out and these are basically the guinea pigs that are using it right now yeah my just as a quick aside uh marjorie is leaving for amsterdam this afternoon uh because one of her best friends uh is dying of uh, lung cancer and this will probably be the last last time she's alive and as uh, marjorie said how devastating it was when we first heard i said who would have ever thought smoking two packs of cigarettes a day starting at 17 would ever be bad for you and uh Yep. Well, especially since back then, remember, doctors were prescribing it, not maybe a little further back than then. Doctors were prescribing it for asthma as yep. a treatment for asthma. Crazy, isn't it? All right, we're going to come back uh, and I uh, want to talk about, uh, and this is something that you care about, uh, quality of care, improving quality of care for patients at home, how that actually makes so much more sense in making our uh, our medical system just more efficient. We'll be back with Dr. Jim Keeney and your chance to win $1,000.
Back we go uh, with Dr. Jim Keeney. Uh, Jim, the ER specialist, actually uh, the chief of staff elect at Mission Hospital. Do I have that right? That's correct. Oh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, not that you get a lot more money, but you just have to work three times as hard. Uh, congratulations. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's quite a right. Now, uh, a quick word, and we've talked about this before. Uh, my mom is in a board and care. Uh, she doesn't do well. She doesn't have any cognitive ability, so uh, she's sitting there parked. Uh, but uh, since we're Kaiser members, she does have a regular staff coming. She has nurses and therapists coming on a regular basis. And I've always assumed that's pretty expensive stuff, that it really makes no sense. And in reality, it's the other way around. Is that Do I have that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, it's a lot cheaper to take care of somebody in a setting like that than in the hospital. I mean, in fact, that's what that's what everybody's trying to avoid. If, if the hospitals are so expensive, if we can do it outside the hospital, then let's give it a shot. Well, when you talk about the hospitals being so expensive, I mean, they're already built, right? So uh, you're talking about an infrastructure that's already there. The nurses, for the most part, are already there. Does it matter if you add three or four people? Uh, to a floor, sure. does it make yeah. any difference? Yeah, I mean, it does because uh, there's nursing, nursing staff ratio. So you need uh, one nurse to every four patients in a low-level setting. In a high-level setting, it could be one-to-one. So if you add a patient to the ICU, you know, and you do that every day, you, you're you're looking at uh, two-and-a-half full-time equivalents uh, of right. nursing, right? And so now we're talking about maybe, you know, if they make 150000 a year or something close to that, then uh, you're, you're talking about 300000 a year or more for maybe half a million a year uh, and that, just by adding that extra person. Right, $150,000 a year for a nurse? Well, yeah, I don't know, over time and everything else. Yeah, I think they make about, uh, you know, somewhere in that range. Yeah, it's twice as much money as you make, Jim. Why'd you go to medical school? I, I, know, I, know. I should have just gone that route. Should have, yeah, yeah uh, just no, become a work, nurse. They work much harder than I do, man. I would never want that job. Right. So uh, in God terms... Bless them. Uh, so how would it change? What uh, what would you put someone in a hospital now for uh, that you would argue that should be done at home? Okay, so I mean, there's a, this is the real issue is the more we can take care of outside the hospital, the less time you spend in the hospital. So it may not necessarily stop an admission, but it may shorten the admission. If you shorten it from six days to three days, it's the same effect. You basically reduce time. The other issue is we, this concept of readmission. And, uh, and so Medicare back in 2013 changed the rules. And they said, look, if you admit somebody to the hospital and within 30 days they have to come back, we consider the work you did a failure and we will not pay you for that work. So uh, since 2013, guess what? Uh, readmission rates between the first 30 days have dropped pretty significantly because doctors, uh, hospitals lose money if if the person comes back. And that makes sense. And so what I'll... happened? Go ahead. What, what that what that does is it changed a hospital from a hotel to somebody that's more motivated to to look at the big picture because a hotel. The more occupancy you have, the more money you make, and that's the way hospitals always have been. But now, uh, if you can keep people out of the hospital, you make more money. And so suddenly hospitals are partners in trying to figure out ways to keep people at home and well cared for at home. Uh, also, just a, a quick, uh, a, just a, a note of my experience, uh, you know, I was in the hospital for eight lovely days. Boy, that was a vacation uh, that I had a couple of months ago. And uh, hospitals, you do not heal in a hospital at all. I mean, you don't sleep. 
they're poking three times uh, a day with the blood. I mean, it's a miserable place to be, hospitals. It is. And, and so, I mean, think about the efficiency. You already have a roof. You already have a bed. If we can put you in your own home, you're more comfortable. You're happier. You actually do heal better and faster as long as we can provide the appropriate support. And now with all the uh, technology, you know, I mean, we have smartphones that can track your weight. So if you have congestive heart failure, we know as you gain weight, you're adding water to your body and you're going to need to be hospitalized. So we can track it, uh, you know, passively where you just step on a scale and it gets sent to the doctor and we can intervene before you need to go to the hospital. Same thing with vital signs and we can even do it with uh, medications now. There's there's these smart pills that uh, you, you put a patch on your on your body, it sends a signal to your phone every time you take the pill. So the doctor can call you and say, hey, you haven't taken your pill for two days. You need to get on the ball here. So there's a lot of new technology and there's a lot of new motivations now that align everyone. So where before doctors made more money, the more they did. Hospitals made more money, the more patients were admitted. Now we're aligning all those incentives so that people are motivated to use the appropriate, because if you don't do enough, if you don't admit people when they need to be admitted, you end up costing more money too because, uh, you know, they end up staying longer, and you're only going to get paid a certain amount for a diagnosis. So we're starting to get to that place where everybody's in line. Everybody's got the same motivation. Let's do the best for the patient because the best for the patient is the cheapest for the health system as well. All right, Jim, thank you. Always good Anytime. stuff. All right, uh, Jim Keeney, uh, Dr. Jim, who is uh, going to be the chief of staff, Mission Hospital. He works at the ER.